Well, hello and welcome to the final Nudge Presents Spotlight on FASD. Um, this is the fifth one and what we've done so far over the past four weeks uh, or four podcasts is um, cover a range of issues and a range of topics on fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Um, and now we are handing the baton over to Jess and Claire because they are going to move on with their own Spotlight on FASD podcast, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. But first of all, just if anyone is watching or listening to this for the first time, tell me a little bit about what FASD is, just as a recap. Okay, so um, fetal alcohol spectrum disorder is organic, lifelong brain damage um, that happens when alcohol is consumed during pregnancy. Um, and it is, um, you know, when alcohol is accidentally consumed during pregnancy because that is the bulk of the case. Um, so it is, I hope that, that my voice is portrayed more stigma because there is no stigma. These things happen. Um, and it impacts um, children. So the development fetus, um, the, the impact can be huge and then impacts children and young people into their lives and then in adulthood. Um, in so many different, over, over 200, minimum of 200 different ways um, from um, learning disabilities to um, muscle problems to joint problems heart to heart hearing, sight, dental problems, um, mental health problems, you know, so many comorbid, right? yeah. comorbid diagnosis come from it. And quite often the bulk, in my experience, um, the bulk of the problems come from no diagnosis, a misdiagnosis, and then the secondary impact of that, like for example, trying to navigate three children mm. with brain yeah. damage through mainstream education with no diagnosis. Mm-hmm. The impact on their mental health then is... is and not having the strategies yeah. and the supports yeah. and everything. Yeah. So like, um, you know, they're having a child with diabetes and you don't know they've got diabetes and so you are not altering their life at all yeah. or their surroundings. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's that's what it is. It's it's something that tens of thousands of children live with. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Hundreds. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands. thousands. Yeah. yeah. It, it it massively outnumbers autism. Uh, it outnumbers autism, Down syndrome, and cerebral palsy combined. Um, but because it's uncomfortable to talk about, it's, it's still so few people know know about it. And but that's changing. Like the tide is, yeah. like yeah. there's a bit of a tsunami happening now, which is brilliant. And that's been a long, long time coming because it's been around forever. Um, but like we say, we know we know better now, so we need to do better now mm-hmm. dealing with it. Yeah. Will that, will that heat the pick up there? On the, on uh, no, I mean, it's over there and it'll be okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've had the absolute pleasure of working with two of your children mm-hmm. um, so far. Maybe three, but, you know, it, um, you know we've, we've managed to find a, a, a permanent solution um, in that respect. But I think this is the thing. We, um, we, don't, um, we don't hear a lot about this. We, you know, but as a result of doing these podcasts, I mean, I've interviewed somebody this week who's got a child with FASD. Um, we've had two referrals for young people who have FASD on their paperwork when it comes through. So it is becoming more and more, which I think is really important because obviously, as we discussed in previous podcasts, that 
you were going to be seeing an official framework diagnostic. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in England, which obviously Jesse yeah. quite experienced in Scotland, and you know about that element of it up there, but in England it's not. I want to say a little bit, something about nudge there though, so these things, the fact that you are hearing more about it and you're getting children referred to you, that, that's like not an accident. You, as a provider, you were the first provider of lots that I had dealings with where I told you what the situation was, you absolutely believe, your first response was to fully believe it and, and that's not a natural response, is it? Not to FASD. No. Not, not to FASD, it's like, um, and so you because were like, people don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. you absolutely believed it. You took it so seriously. So now, um, I shout nudge education to everybody. Um, so that, that that hasn't happened by accident. You have opened your eyes to the situation that you're dealing with, realizing that lots of the children on your caseloads have, whether diagnosed or not have been exposed to alcohol and you and, and you so and, and you've altered you know nudge has shifted their emphasis and um so that's something that you know nudge need to be applauded for because well thank you and you know if, if people want to find out about more the website is nudgeeducation.co.uk um but but moving forward with the um you know we've, we've talked about things and what it is you know just you want to talk about what's you know it isn't what you know misconceptions that, that people have yeah about. i mean this there's an awful lot, and as Claire's just explained, it is caused by alcohol exposure when a fetus is exposed. Um, but it's at any point during pregnancy, and what's really important to understand is that it's not necessarily women who are alcoholics. Um, this, you know, it can be caused by the smallest amount of alcohol, but we all know that like, our, our bodies process alcohol differently to some of our friends who we know can you know, drink much more than others. And... So the impacts are so completely different, completely different. So it's really, really important to know that and understand that you may have had a drink or a couple of drinks before realising that you're pregnant and it is those low levels and that's why Kai was saying that it's so important that there's no like shame or stigma or anything at all because we didn't know. Yeah. And we do now, and that's the message. I think I think the main, the main people watching this. So FASD has been in the national press a lot the last couple of weeks, yeah. and the, there's been, yeah, there's, been yeah. a, there's been an outcry um, that um, so nice the nice body standards which are going to be introduced in um, January 2021. Um, they 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 kind of the briefings were were made um, they, there was an outcry saying that um, because there's a suggestion that if alcohol has been consumed it's to be noted on medical records for future reference in case there's that little chance that anything you know starts to not go to plan with a child's development mm -hmm. then that can be referred back to well, actually well, maybe you look down this road with no stigma and the way that, that it's been portrayed in the press is this is like um, handmaid's tale, um, that women are being attacked, that women should be able to drink whatever they want in pregnancy, that, that it should, they're going to be put on a list and they're going to be condemned for it and it's, you know, it, it could not be further from the truth. That decision comes from a place of compassion and, um, you know, I know that, I sit, I sit on the NICE panel and I know that the people around the table and the huge amount of females on the panel um, and I just think that, that 
this is, I really, I really feel strongly to get this across because there are, people have been exposed to such negativity around it over the last couple of yeah. weeks, who, probably, who, may not, who may, who probably haven't been exposed to it at all, but this has been eye-grabbing big newspapers like the Times and Telegraph. Um, so imagine that there was a range of um, detergent that could, you know, it was dead dead popular, everyone used it, it was socially acceptable, it wasn't a big deal, chuck it in your trolley at the supermarket, nobody would question it, but um, it was you know, it was really good value for money and there was a tiny chance that if you used it when you were pregnant, that could that it could cause some kind of um, neurodevelopmental damage to your baby. So most people who were trying to get pregnant would stop using it. Um, Sometimes people would have used it for a little bit because they didn't know they were pregnant. Other times people weren't in the position to change their life and afford a different one and so they continue to use it. But if at that, all of those medical interventions, it was like, have you used this kind of detergent? Actually, I think I did. I think week three to seven, I did. There was a few loads of washing went through with it, right, don't worry about it, we're going to make a note of it because chances are, it's this, you're going to be fine, nothing's going to happen. But if in five years' time, when your child's really struggling in school, we can look back at this and say, right, what we're not going to do is refer them to CAMS and put them on an ASD pathway, an ADHD pathway, all of the wrong pathways and destroy their mental health and completely screw up their education. That's what we're not going to do in the first instance. Because of this little marker, we'll be able to go, let's go down this road first, and if it's not, then we'll go to these ones. And it's that simple. And it should have the amount of stigma that detergent would have attached to it. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting as well, isn't it? Because in culture as well, you know, British culture certainly, there's, there's, there's also that added stigma that if, if it's a woman that's doing it, you know, women women drinking or women drinking to excess or women drinking at all, in some cases it's not something that's culturally acceptable. If, if it was lads down the pub, for yeah. example, the other way around, yeah. there probably wouldn't be as much of a stigma, uh -huh. which, is, which is interesting from a gender point of view, but also, yeah. as you said, alcohol is a pretty sticky label, especially mm -hmm. as you're focused around reducing alcohol intake as a nation, and I guess, mm -hmm. I guess it, does, it is hard for and the, the importance of, of what Pius just said and having that marker on the paperwork as well. Like I've, mm. I've worked with um, a lot of adopted, fam adopted families in, in different roles who have so, so much trouble, so many challenges trying to gain a diagnosis because they don't have that. And not having that marker on, on their records means that that they can't get their children diagnosed, even though they're ticking every box, they know what it is they're dealing with, and that's pre preventing those children from accessing mm -hmm. services. So that, that's it, you know, it is, it's just, like Claire said, having that there, knowing which pathway to mm -hmm. go down, okay, great, we'll go down this pathway, we'll get supports in place, we'll get instructors, do what we need to do, and it can completely alter that child's life. Because mm -hmm. when diagnosis doesn't come, or comes too late, that's when you're looking at the, you know, there's a lot of talk about life expectancy of FASD in yeah. the mid-30s. Yeah. And that is, it's not, it's not a life-shortening disability at all, but the, the repercussions of no diagnosis or a diagnosis too late on mental health and then disengagement with education, which you know, nobody knows more about that than you, that's when that life expectancy comes into play. So, you know, if we were to get um, an, 
and like an early and you talk I find myself saying like oh an early diagnosis that would be fantastic no a timely diagnosis and yeah. it should be happening it's not like doing anyone a huge favour if we get a timely diagnosis I can guarantee less money will need to be spent on that child oh, throughout their lifetime throughout education you know and that's what it when it comes to services and local authorities, that's what it boils down to, and I understand that, and I don't, I'm, I don't say that in a derogatory way. Yeah. That is the fact of the matter. They've got a pot of money, they've got a budget. It's got to spread through their whole community. So the money that can, the money that we are wasting by trying to pretend that everything's state just isn't happening, mm -hmm. is it's silly. It's, it's it's really silly, and it's it's got to stop. Being misunderstood for education yeah. through adulthood, get involved with.
Um, so Claire's just reeled off like a whole list of her life. Like, yeah, that, 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 that was just Claire's last week. Yeah, that was just last week. Last week. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to like get into detail uh-huh. every single one. Yeah. We're going to talk about the research behind it, all the stats, the yeah. facts, the physics, the yeah. figures, where the thinking has come from, and it will be, you know, built up with those those personal stories, those yeah. experiences. We're going to put all of those areas under really a microscope and then yeah. shoot off. You know, we might get, we might have. 30 episodes about one particular aspect of education because it's just so huge and, and what, what we ask from our listeners, our followers, <laughs> we start to pick them up, is we want to be guided by you. We, what do you want us to talk about? What do you want to ask us? Um, what do you want us to find out about? We, we want to have, we've already got guests lined up mm-hmm. um, in the world of FASD, both uh, professionals, academics, um, lived experience, yeah, tons and tons, and, and and you know we knew the people we wanted to be involved, but then also people have approached us from the world of FASD, which is really heartening for us to think that that so rapidly this is being picked up by influential people in the, in the, in it. Just I feel like like this huge hamster wheel that I have been mm-hmm. trying to move with three kids inside of it and dragging all my schools along with us, and and I have I've have, I've had you know education has been horrific for my children, however. I've had, on the whole, a wonderful experience with the professionals within those institutions that I've had to work with, and it's crippled them as, as much as it's crippled my children. That the fact that they haven't been able to make it work for them, and the fact that they have known that my children were going into an, an institution every day, or if I could get them in, that was damaging them. Um, so you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about, and I think the hamster wheel is. Starting to move faster and faster because yeah. yeah. so many people are getting inside now. Yeah. And we get we get you know the feedback from from, from people and we you know we are seeing a good amount of people listening and, and watching these. So hopefully you know as, as as you carry on that you'll you'll get that you'll get that kind of momentum that yeah. snowball yeah. rolling yeah. down the hill. Um, well that's great. And, and where can people find you? What what if they're looking for you online? What's what, what are your um, social media? Instagram things? yeah and Twitter spotlight on FASD. And, I'm, I, and I am about to set up a Facebook page because I know there are a lot of um, there's a lot of people who use Facebook, a lot of support groups, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. link it up to them, so that makes it a little bit easier. And then, then that's everything. People can then access us everywhere. Then yeah, um, and there will be a YouTube um, channel yeah. as well. Uh, we will continue to film and record the audio, so yeah. we'll still do the webcast, podcast. Yeah, so we're going to continue with our spotlight on FASD, but we're just kind of going it alone. We've launched it with Nudge Education at the beginning, because yeah. that made sense, because it was education that brought me to Nudge, so yeah. you know, yeah. we, we wanted to launch this together. Um, we're going to go off our own separate way, um, but also obviously still deeply entrenched in Nudge. Yes, um, of course, you know, get rid of that so, um, <laughs> so that's good. And, and as ourselves, we, we've really enjoyed doing this as well. It's the first time we've done a, a webcast and, and a podcast, and I think you know we've got experts in a lot of fields, so we might do future things about anxiety, ADHD, the system itself. You know, we might even draft a couple of you back in yeah. for working around the HCPs because mm-hmm. a lot of parents are quite confused. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of language and legal elements that, that people just don't understand. So we wanted to have an advice on that. Um, but yeah, well, it's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you, and I can't believe it's the end of this Hello. little mini yeah. series. Um, yeah, so, so this again, just to remind people, it's Spotlight on FASD on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're interested in the work that we do, um, we are a national intervention service, which are really disengaged. So uh, head to nudeducation.co.uk for more information.